0: Looking for his first hit of the year. He oh. drives one, deep left field. That goes Upton, back near the wall. It's out of here. Bartolo has done it. The impossible has
1: happened. Flashback to May 7th, 2016, where Bartolo, big sexy cologne, hit his first career major league home run for the New York Mets off of Padres pitcher James Shields in the second and a today, 0 lead. With that being said, Welcome to the Ahead and Account podcast, Future and your host, Billy Steven, and myself, Justin Bohannon. Billy, how are you doing today?
0: Justin, great to be here, man. First episode, we're finally kicking it off. Uh, listening to that Bartolo Colon blasting a home run. Uh, man, that clip has me just jacked up and ready for baseball season, you know? I'm, uh, I'm yeah, ready to see yeah. Big Sexy uh, on the mound, and I'm ready to see him swing it a little bit.
1: Of course, it's always a pleasure watching big, sexy Bartolo Colon. Um, that moment I think was honestly might be one of the greatest moments in, in the history of baseball, 42 years old, 5'10", 260 pounds, rips a ball to left field off of James Shields. I mean, what else could you ask for? And I mean, just
0: watching this clip back, this was no wall grazer. I mean, this thing kind of got up there a little bit. I don't have the exact distance, but, uh, Dude, this ball was up there. It might have got to first deck. I don't know in Petco, but uh, I mean, Petco's got a short porch out there and left. But uh, that he's got a nice trot around the bases.
1: Oh, for sure. And don't think we'll see many more of those trots, but you'll always remember that moment for uh, big, sexy there.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, a guy that's played for multiple teams and has been a finesse pitcher, and you know, he's just been a staple around around the league for so long. You know, this guy's been. I want to say moderately successful uh, towards the back end of his career. But, you know, he still gets out there and throws the ball, man. He's got a lot of control over his pitches. And, you know, now he's out here hitting home runs. So we'll see. Maybe he returns as a DH in the future.
1: Yeah, I don't know about that one, but I got a question here for you. Yeah, what do you got? Who do you think was the oldest player to hit a home run at his age that was a pitcher before Bartolo?
0: Ooh, do I get a year? Is this is this a modern day baseball player? Is this
1: Uh he's probably one of the best pitchers to ever play the game.
0: Cy Young. Yes. Really? I didn't know he hit.
1: Oh, no, Cy Young, oh, sorry. <laughs> no. I thought you meant Cy Young Award, sorry.
0: Oh, um yeah, then I I don't know, that would have been my guess. Max Scherzer. No, Max Scherzer is uh, not I'll his give, age.
1: Uh, I'll give you uh two two more guesses.
0: Okay. Uh, give me like a year or some type of.
1: All right, the last year he played was two thousand nine. He started in nineteen eighty eight. Eighty eight to <laughs> two
0: thousand and nine. You mean ninety eight? No, nineteen
1: eighty eight. Nineteen 19- twenty eighty eight. Nineteen eighty eight at, 20- at twenty four years old. Oh my
0: gosh! What team? This is a, this is a um, good trivia question.
1: Seattle and the Diamondbacks, the Yankees, Arizona. Randy Johnson. Of course. Oh, I didn't know he had a home run. <laughs> what? Yeah, he was. He surpassed Randy Johnson. Uh, Johnson homered for the first time at the age of forty, and he was the oldest until May what? 7, thousand sixteen, where a big, sexy blasted to one in the left field there over the short porch at Petco Park.
0: Did Randy hit it in New York? Do you know that? Do you know that fact? I I wonder where he hit it.
1: Not 100% sure what team he played for at the time.
0: Well, definitely wouldn't have been Arizona because he was in New York at the the end of his career there. Did he retire a Yankee?
1: He retired...
0: He might have played for one more team. Are you saying... Did, did he retire,
1: like, as a Yankee in the Not hole? as a Yankee. No, oh, no, no. Just
0: did he retire after no. playing with the
1: Yankees? No, he went from the Yankees to the uh, Arizona and then to the Giants.
0: He went back to Arizona, huh?
1: Yeah, he played. Wow. Last played for the Yankees 2006, went to the Giants in 2000. I mean, sorry, the Diamondbacks in 2008 and seven, and then finished up in uh, San Francisco in 2009.
0: Yeah, but no doubt he goes into the Hall,
1: or he went into the Hall as uh, a Diamondback. That's that's no question, oh, really. Oh, yeah, that's that's a given. Yeah, so. Um. Let me fact check you. He, he hit the home run with the Diamondbacks in 2003. Wow,
0: okay, so it wasn't, jeez, so was,
1: 2003.
0: Yep. Two years after the uh, the World Se- That was the 2001 was the uh, the Yankees-Diamondbacks World Series, right? And then 2000 was the Marlins? I believe 2001 was the year uh, with Luis Gonzalez, Randy Johnson. I could be wrong. I
1: believe so. I couldn't tell you there.
0: But anyways, while you fact check that, let's get into this first episode. Uh, I think that we've come to an agreement here that uh, we want to kind of start this uh, podcast off with a bang. And I believe the best way to do that is discussing the future of the infamous, the great, and the not so great Gary Sanchez, the baby bomber turned not-so-bomber-ish. I mean, w- what are your initial thoughts here on on Gary Sanchez's current situation?
1: Gary Sanchez, the man, the myth, the legend. Um, not
0: quite the legend.
1: Yeah, well, yeah let me backtrack <laughs> on that statement. But I think he's uh, coming down to his last few year or years with the Yankees I don't think they're gonna put up with uh his performance much longer yeah they haven't paid um, him yet
0: I I, no. I don't he's still under rookie contract so I don't want to see them pay this man
1: the, yes I don't want to see them pay him especially with the performance he's put on since the time he's been with the Yankees um his postseason performance has been horrendous
0: oh absolutely abysmal there for for Sanchez in the postseason
1: seven playoff appearances and or seven playoff series right he batted 0. 0.176 18 for 102 with 40 strikeouts
0: yeah yeah that sounds like judges first year in the playoffs right there um yeah i mean gary's just overall just not a great catcher uh, and not one that i want in the yankees organization i mean uh, i was looking up some facts earlier and number one he only caught uh, under 90 games last year. So he was at about 82 or 83 games, I believe is the exact number um, last year for the Yankees. And with that being said, he was bottom three in fielding percentage of active catchers, right? So he made 15 errors in less than 200 innings. He caught about 180 innings and of the active catchers. So guys like Jonathan Lucroy. um, You know, the the top catchers, Yachty, um, Yasmani Grandal was up there. Those guys. Romuto. Yep, Romuto was Mm -hmm. another guy. They all caught upwards of 350 innings last year, right? And they all had fielding percentages above a 990, okay? So to put that into perspective, Gary Sanchez caught a little less than half of those innings last year
1: and made more errors.
0: So he was bottom three among all active catchers last year in fielding percentage.
1: And with that being said, Fiona few percentage, who do you think leads the league in pass balls from 2017 to 2018?
0: I'm going to go out on a limb here and say our boy Gary Sanchez.
1: Ding, ding, ding. You're correct. Yep. And with that being said, he had 34 pass balls from 2017 to 2018.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's, I mean, that's just really been the story of Gary Sanchez, unfortunately. And, You know we've talked about it before off air and I'm not too sure if this comes down Do you think let me ask you a question? Do you think this is a cashman thing or do you think this is an Aaron Boone thing who who is really holding on to this man's projections? Who really thinks that Gary Sanchez provides enough value and should be put out there every single game?
1: I really do believe It is Aaron Boone pushing for Gary Sanchez to still be in the lineup on a daily basis Um, I mean, last year when in the ALCS where he was struggling, couldn't get a hit, couldn't get on base, couldn't get a hit with runners in scoring position. And then you have a guy like Austin Romine just sitting on a bench the entire series, wasn't given a single chance to perform. And Austin Romine is probably one of the better consistent hitters as a catcher, I would say in the league. Yeah, um, back, I think he's consistent. definitely more consistent than Gary Sanchez. Yeah, consistent,
0: uh, to say the least. Consistent backup for sure. Yeah, I definitely agree there. And I would
1: honestly take Austin Romine's defense over Gary Sanchez's. One hundred and ten percent.
0: One hundred and ten percent. I mean, that's a place where I think me and you always really agreed. Where, um, again, like you, you can't really put projections on a backup catcher like that, right? Like we saw glimpses and bits and pieces of what Austin Romine did. Um, throughout his tenure as a Yankee. But I think that just being able to give him more opportunities, right, more opportunities to be a starter and win that starting position, but they never really gave him the chance, right? And I think, personally, if I have two catchers that I'm looking at, one provides an enormous amount of upside, right? I'm not saying that Gary Sanchez um, provides consistent power numbers, but he does have a tremendous amount of power upside, with his power numbers, right? He Hit 34 home runs last year, 32 or 34 home runs. Uh, so he does have those power numbers, but he's not consistent, right? He's a month to month guy. Um, he's just like the stock market, man. He goes up and down, but, um, exactly. the point. And,
1: and another thing with Gary Sanchez is he's always injured. Yeah. hundred um, Injuries yeah. have always been, uh, a thing for him since he's been in the league. Um, he can never stay healthy. It's always his groin. Um, I yeah. feel like he has a groin strain almost every year he plays. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, like I mentioned
0: uh, earlier, there, you know, he only caught 180 innings, which was less than half of the the major league active catchers on the on the uh, in the MLB. So, I mean, j- just that alone, should let you know. I mean, and th- that was just last year. Uh, but again, yeah, last like, year he's just not consistent. Yeah, last year he
1: had the he only played 106 games. Uh, out of those 106, 90 of them were all behind the plate. Yep. Um the year before that,
0: seventy-six.
1: Yeah, 2018 he had he played 89 games and 13 of those were in a DH spot.
0: Yep. And then in 2017, he had, he played in 104 games, but um he only eight hundred yeah. Yeah. Eighteen Games were in, okay, he played a little more than 104 games then because he had 18 games as a DH. I don't know if those two are added up here on baseball reference or not, but yeah, the story, you know, the narrative remains with Gary Sanchez. There's a ton of offensive upside and power numbers for this man, right? But when you take into account the power that the Yankees already have with Stanton, Judge, Glaber Torres, Luke Voigt, you can even put Gio Urshela in there. Mike Ford, you have the power bats. Why do we need to add another power bat and sacrifice a defensive player on the diamond, especially a catcher where you, you don't know what you're going to get out of a guy that's going to touch the ball every single play of the game? right? So Exactly, so- and I'd rather have
1: a catcher who can play defense, throw runners out when they need to be thrown out, stop pass balls. Um, yeah, I mean, a guy that's going to do it need- all. We don't need his bat. I mean, yes, his bat has worked for us in the past. I mean, yes, he has hit 34 home runs um, several years now. But when you lead the league in most pass balls, you have the second most errors since being in the league, the 19th worst frame and score. Um, And he's finished tied with the 29th worst defensive rating since 2017. Um, So how about we get a catcher who – improve on those stats, which I believe Dawson Romine could have, which we do not have anymore because he's with the Tigers, but just, there's no need for that type of player behind the plate and being behind the plate for as long as he has been.
0: Yeah, I mean, I couldn't have said it better. You know, the, the catching slot is, is for a defensive-minded player, a, a player who's absolutely solid behind the plate. So if you look at other organizations, I think one that stands out to me or a couple that stand out to me, honestly. Guys like Jan Gomes or, um, I don't know if it's Roberto Perez or Umberto Perez. It's the catcher for the Indians uh, that's been there for a few years. So he hits a home run or two every once in a while. I, he actually had a few big home runs against the Yankees back in 2016. But it's that that's not what you need, right? You, if you get it, great. But he's one of the best defensive catchers. And he has one of the strongest arms. So that's what you really want behind the dish. You want somebody who is going to pair with your starting pitcher, your ace, right? You know, say Garrett Cole comes out there, right? And he's shoving. And, and Gary Sanchez has a couple mental laps behind the plate, right? A pass ball tips off his glove. That's a, you know, fastball down the middle. And tips off his glove. You know, it's a drop third strike. Runners on first. Then he steals. Gary Sanchez throws the ball in the center field. And that's not something new, right? We've seen those two things happen synonymously. We've seen drop third strikes and then a ball in the outfield. Next thing you know, you got a guy on third base after your starting pitcher has been dealing. You know, he's got a quality start going, and we got a runner on third with no outs. And it happens too many times to count. And I I just don't. I don't see the risk. I don't. The risk reward in this situation, Justin, is just not. It's not there for me. It's really not there for me. And you know, Cashman even came out with that article. um, You know, beginning of spring training, saying Sanchez is still our guy, and I'm 100% out on that take.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I've been on out on that take since, God, what, 2018 now? Um, like I said, Austin Romine should have been given a chance last year in ALCS. I don't think they should have ever got rid of him. The Tigers got an absolute steal in Austin Romine. Absolutely. And I'll say that till the day I die.
0: Yeah. Uh, their starting catcher right now being James McCann. Uh, I'm not too sure of his numbers, but I can tell you, that um i guarantee you they're better than okay i got them right here so james mccann actually has the seventh best defensive war last year among active catchers with a 1.4 uh his caught stealing percentage was a 400 so kind of middle of the pack there he had uh, a 992 fielding percentage which is a definite upgrade uh from gary sanchez just comparing him to sanchez right yeah um, and then he played 106 games so he was out for a while too but um yeah, I mean, saw sol- a solid defensive catcher, man. That's what you need. That, that's really what you need. I mean, Real Muto, the guy who led the league with uh, games started, he started 130 games behind the plate and had a 1.7 defensive WAR. That's incredible, you know. And excuse me, in terms of you know hitting stats, I mean, those are things that you you can substitute, right? You, you don't need. He, he hit a 281, so with 23 home runs. So I guess he's not the best. Uh, example because he really did it all last year but you know
1: yeah and then granted most catchers aren't I mean you don't expect catchers to hit for high averages so yeah you get a high average catching the hitter plus a defensive player I mean there's nothing else you can ask for there
0: yeah I mean I completely agree there and you do have your one-offs like Gary Sanchez is a one-off right he's a guy he's hit 34 home runs you know we can't unfortunately we can't look past that but Uh, Yasmani Grandal is another guy who hits a couple home runs every year uh, or a decent amount of home runs, I should say. But and there has been, you know, situations in the past, guys like Pudge or, you know, Yachty back in his prime. You know, catchers can hit, but just not they're not expected to. Like you said, you know, it's it's a position where you go back there and you want every single pitcher on your staff to feel comfortable throwing their best pitch in any count to your catcher. Knowing that you know what you're going to get out of that guy. Right. But yeah, at this I, stage, I, we don't know what could, we're getting out of
1: Gary. Yeah. And as Yankee fans, anyone could argue that we have not had a good starting catcher since Jorge Posada. And I think that's a 100 percent. In fact,
0: yeah, I mean, I, I could get behind that, you know, but I mean, posadas is a I don't want to say a one off, but he was, you know, incredible. I mean, how many teams have a switch hitting catcher who, you know, gets it done on both sides of the plate, gets it done behind the dish. Uh, you know, Posada was one of a kind, man. Posada yeah, really mean, was one of a kind.
1: I think um, this is the year that will determine Gary Sanchez's future with uh, the Yankees. I mean, he's approaching his fourth full year with the Yankees. Um, he has to show that he can be consistent for an entire season and be able to stop fastballs, um, be able to throw runners out when when needed, Um, so with that being said, I think if he does not perform well this year on a consistent basis, I believe this will be the last year we'll hear of Gary Sanchez and pinstripes.
0: Yeah. I mean, I really hope that's the case. You know, it's a guy that I've always wanted to get behind. I really wanted to say, you know, let's give it another year. Let's give it another year. Oh, he's, he's been hurt. We haven't seen his power numbers. Um, you know, I've kind of, this has been a guy that I've really been. Pushing for the past couple of years, I mean, I know we've kind of had our riffs with him and in, in, in our conversations in the past, but Gary Sanchez is just on his way out. You know, he, he's really, really, he, he has to prove himself. He really needs to. So right now, he's making the the, the league minimum uh, with his salary, so six hundred sixty nine thousand or a little above the league minimum, whatever it is. But I believe this next year will be his contract year. So uh, after yeah, this season you know, will be his contract be year. Lot.
1: A lot of contract years for uh, guys in pinstripes coming up here soon.
0: Yeah, and they're not going to be able to keep them all. I mean, if we, you know, if they sign DJ to a big money deal, you know, I mean, look who else we're paying. We're still, I mean, Judge. you still got to <laughs>
1: pay Aaron Judge. I mean, there's yeah, no way
0: you're going to have to. We're going to run into a similar situation that the Red Sox ran into, right? They had to let let their starting their at the face of their franchise go, which that's a whole other story. I mean, JD Martinez over Mookie Betts is pretty incredible to me. But, you know, the Yankees have have a problem, you know. So hopefully they can get a ring here within the next few years before they have to pay all these guys because they're not going to be able to keep Glaber, Judge, hopefully Sanchez will be out of the picture, DJ, and the current salary they're paying Stanton with. So And not to mention the pitching. you know. The Paxton deal, which was still pretty large. Yeah, the Garrett
1: Cole deal. Yeah, the big contract Garrett Cole has got. Um, yeah,
0: I'm not too worried yeah, about cool. Chapman, but... And then there's a lot of guys in that bullpen who really deserve the cash. You know, Tommy Canely, I think he's a keeper. Chad Green, especially, you know, guys. Oh, that- Chad Green,
1: 110% deserves, uh, Yeah. Not, a, I mean, not a, a big money spot, but he deserves a, a good chunk of change for what he's done for this team.
0: Yeah. I mean, just stepping up as the opener, I think was a, a really big spot, especially I never thought the Yankees were going to kind of play into that role because they've, always been a really modern they they play the game in a very modern way right they they play the game right and it it was just odd to see an organization like the Yankees use the opener like they did
1: yeah I think the opener is a it's a definitely an interest in an interest intake uh I think the Tampa Bay Rays started that no
0: yes they did yeah yeah
1: so the Tampa Bay Rays started and I think you're going to see a lot of teams pick up on that the opener um, obviously the Yankees have last year Chad Green did a phenomenal job as the opener
0: yeah I believe um, he only took one loss as the opener and I believe it was in the playoff game right against the
1: uh, Astros I believe so we can fact check that yeah for sure um but you're definitely gonna see a lot more teams here within the next year or two uh, starting to utilize that role as the opener instead of picking up another big name or paying a guy another big salary when you can just get someone out of your bullpen they believe that can throw you good two innings three innings at most and um not put your team at risk in the early stages of the game
0: yeah and i mean it has a ton of benefits right like it it also gives those guys in your pen that maybe haven't been getting their work right like a I don't know, a team that's on a winning streak, right? They catch a a five-game win streak, and they haven't even needed to use their bullpen guys the whole week, right? So their starters are going seven, eight innings, right? So it lets those guys really stretch out, get some live at-bats, rather than doing like simulated stuff before the game. So I think it definitely, um, having the opener role does have its upsides. Uh, Going back to the Yankee bullpen, though, I think Zach Britton had a pretty good year. 61 innings, only 13 earned runs. 53 strikeouts, but he's a ground ball sinker pitcher. Um, he had a 191 ERA. So um, I definitely think Britain's another guy who should be in the talks of, you know, a top bullpen arm that we do have.
1: Of course. And you definitely cannot forget about uh Adovino here. Ottavino was a massive addition to the 2019 team. Um, coming in with a 1.90 ERA, 66 innings pitched. Um, Guy has a disgusting slider. Um, Guy can produce uh, day in and day out. Uh, I feel like any time he was in the game, there was nothing to worry about. I feel like he never really gave up big hits, big home runs. He went in there, did his job, and uh, led it. the Chapman in the ninth.
0: Yeah, he – Gives up 0.8 home runs per nine, so that's actually a really, really strong stat there. Especially, I mean, he was above, he was at a one in Colorado a few times in his career, but we could just chalk that up to Coors being a massively um, offensive stadium. So with the Yankees last year, his home runs per nine was a 0.7. I mean, that's incredible. Any number yeah. under a one uh, for that stat is is really good. So, um, you know, he, he and his strikeout per nine was 11.9, right? 88 strikeouts in 66 innings, man. That's incredible. Um, and I think that was a solid pickup. It was a very underrated pickup as well.
1: Yeah, and a career low, 1.90 ERA since he's been in the majors.
0: Yeah, yeah, over 66 innings too. I mean, that's that's really great. You know, we're, we're seeing really good things out of this team. It, it's just a matter of staying healthy. And, I mean, I think everybody knows that. That's, that's really been the common theme here. But I, I think the big question is what – what do we see this team doing at full strength? You know, are they breaking that 108 win slot? Are they, you know, and and I think another thing that me and you talked about as well is the Yankees catching their hot streaks at the right time.
1: Yeah. I think last year they started off the year really hot. Then they went down uh, on a little slump for about a month, month and a half. Then right before playoffs started, they picked it up again. Um, Obviously, going into the playoffs, ALCS, the whole Astros scandal. You could argue the Yankees. Obviously, the Yankees made mistakes. They could have done things differently. For example, taking they didn't Aaron, hit or Gary Sanchez out of the game. They um, didn't. They didn't hit. They yeah, they did didn't not hit. hit. Yep. There was some questionable calls with Aaron Boone. Um, but then again, on the back of your mind, with the Astros scandal, would have been different. With the Yankees have – made it to the world series and played the nationals.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, I got a couple uh, opinions on, on that there. So uh, like I said, either way they have to hit, right? I mean, they got absolutely shut down by Garrett Cole. They, they, they got outmatched all in all. They got outmatched offensively and that's, that's nothing new to this Yankees team, right? In the playoffs, they go in blazing hot and then they get into the playoffs. They win a big wild card or ALDS. And then they come to the championship series Right, like flashback to 2017, and they they can't hit. Right, they they go to, yeah they go to a game seven in Houston, but they uh, did they get shut out? Was it a one run? It, no, it was game a...
1: seven in Houston was when they were down. Um, they were down like I believe it was four one, and they came back in the top of the ninth, and then Altuve hit that walk off off Chapman.
0: No, that was that was last year. It was 2019. 2017. Oh, you're talking, oh, sorry. I thought yeah. you were talking about last year, yeah. 2019. Yeah, 2017, I believe Verlander threw the Game 7, and they got absolutely destroyed. But, you know, that just goes to my point. Like, sign stealing, whatever it is, you should be scoring runs anyway. And I think no matter who, what team at whatever capacity they were operating at, no team beats that Washington Nationals team last year. They were a team that came in and they got hot. Any team... In the postseason, that gets hot like they did, it's going to be extremely tough. Yeah, they got hot at, got hot at the
1: perfect time. Um, yep. Max I don't Scherzer care. was untouchable. Um, Anthony Rendon played unbelievable the entire series. I mean, they were just there's no way to get around them in the batter's box. No way to get around them. Um, defensively, it was just a all around. Great performance by the Nationals that I don't think you'll um, you'll see.
0: Yeah, I mean, just another instance of a team getting hot at the right time. You know, Strasburg putting up a, a career high eighteen wins last year. He also threw two hundred nine innings. You know, three three two ERA. Uh, his strikeouts per nine were above a ten. You know, it, it just incredible stuff out of that that team in general. You know, great staff. It's just you know, and, and Strasburg been in the league 10 years too so you know for him to be putting up record numbers 10 years later i mean
1: that that's the team got hot man the team got very hot yeah and that's the story every year i mean when it comes to the playoffs it's all about who gets hot at the right time and it just shows every year your team can be hot going into the playoffs right before going right before the playoffs And as soon as you hit the playoffs, if you go, if you get into a cold streak, you're just doomed for the rest of the playoffs.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I think that goes without saying really across the board for any sport uh, in general there, you know, it's all about hot streaks. It's about riding the streaks at the right time. And um, you know, baseball more so, right. Because it's a series game. So, uh, I mean, if you go down two games in a best of seven series, it's going to be real tough coming back.
1: Yeah. Uh, And then back to your original question, I think, I really do think the Yankees, within the next year or two, will bring 28 back to the Bronx. I really do. So, what do you think if
0: if all is if everyone is healthy? What do you think the missing piece is right now? So, just assuming everybody is healthy, what what do you think the missing pieces or the the one or two things that the Yankees need to tweak to get past that postseason hump and into the World Series? Because they've been stuck in the championship series for the past couple of years, right? And they've been yeah. limping in, so to speak, right? They they haven't been, you know, just plowing through teams getting to that World Series.
1: I think it or just has to be consistency and decision-making on uh, Aaron Boone's part. Um, obviously, DJ LeMahieu and Aaron Judge can't produce every run, can't get every hit for the team. You can't have nine DJ LeMayhues up there getting hits. At every single position or every single bat, um, I would so love guys to have like,
0: nine DJ LeMahews. Yeah,
1: nine DJ LeMahews would be a uh, pretty uh, ideal, but that's not uh, possible. So, but, uh, but that being said, guys like Gary Sanchez have to step up in those in those spots when you have runners on second and third with one out.
0: Can't be striking and, out. Yeah, you popping can't be up striking out. Field.
1: Can't be popping up. Popping up um, to the catcher,
0: whatever the Gary Sanchez does. I saw that multiple does. times
1: where Gary Sanchez was up with one out, man on, runners on first and second, have a chance to get a run in. No, he gets into a double play, and it's it, you just can't have that. You yeah. have to be more consistent and clutch times like that.
0: Yeah, his situational hitting as well is absolutely abysmal. You know, runner on third, less than two outs, he's striking out or he's popping up to to an infielder. Right, that's a situation where you got to give yourself up. You know, and, and this is a guy that swings at curveballs 50 feet in the dirt, right? And these have to be situations where he chokes up on the bat, puts the ball in play, you know, ground ball to shortstop or a fly ball to left, whatever has to be done. You have to get those runners in, right? And when you have a guy on third less than two outs, it's especially when you go down 0-2 or you have two strikes, you give yourself up, okay? I don't care who you are, what team at what level. You give yourself up to get that runner in. In my opinion, it should be whatever the count is. I don't care. But you see Gary Sanchez up there with two outs, and he's still taking daddy hacks on balls in the dirt, right? That's not a team player. He's not getting it done in any capacity, offense or defense. It's time for a new catcher in New York.
1: Yeah, I mean, and it's not Gary Sanchez is the only one either. I mean, um, you kind of expect veterans like Brett Garner to kind of yeah, – I know he didn't play every game, but –
0: came pretty close.
1: Yeah, when he he did play, he didn't produce. He hit a 136 in the ALCS. Um,
0: He had a lot of lefty-lefty matchups as well. Yeah,
1: um, the parrot, Edwin, he hit a .56 after coming off a very hot um, ALDS. Guy was on fire. Came into the ALCS and just completely lost his groove. Um, That was another big, big hit that they took. There in the ALCS last year was uh, Edwin's back going very, very cold.
0: Yeah, I mean he hit a cold streak, but again, like that was the guy that also got the Yankees to where they needed to be. I mean he, no, yeah, he came d- in. Yeah, and don't get me the wrong, wall. yeah, he
1: did, but it was just t- such a lack of inconsistency there in the ALCS, um, especially when you have guys like young guys like Gleyber Torres slashing 280 – um, DJ LeMahieu hit a three, four, six. I mean, you can't ask for anything more than that.
0: Glaber was extremely clutch in all, all series in the playoffs last year. He was incredible, but I believe in 2018, when the Yankees lost to, um, the Red Sox in the ALDS in the first round, um, I want to say that Glaber was pretty bad. Uh, I'm going to, I'm looking that up right now. Let's see. Glaber was... Oh, he was 4-for-13. Okay, so I lied. He was hitting a three oh eight. But that year was Miguel Andujar going 1-for-9. Brett Gardner didn't even record a hit in that Red Sox-Yankee series. Didi went 3-for-14. McCutcheon 2-for-15. Gary Sanchez actually went 3-for-15 with two home runs. And Stanton was 4-for-18. And Voight 3-for-13. So... Again, it's the same story. These these bats can't produce in the playoffs. You know, they they get it done literally every game in in, in this in the regular season. These guys are all popping off, and then they come into the ALDS, ALCS, whatever it is. I mean, the wild card they absolutely destroy teams, right? They destroyed the Twins in the in the wild card, then they destroyed the, the Twins again in the, in the division series last year. But
1: yep, it, it's got to get like consistent. I, Something yeah, like has I to said, change. consistency and poor managing. Um, I believe Luke Voigt definitely should have uh, have been given a shot there in the ALCS, especially with Edwin's bat being as cold as it was. Um, to not give a guy like Luke Voigt that shot um, kind of blows my mind, especially after the year he had, the regular season year he had um, in 2019. Um, I don't know how you don't give him the opportunity to produce or try to produce um, especially when guys uh, guys like Edwin aren't producing.
0: yeah, I mean, I think the thought process there, and and I honestly, I backed that I backed that decision by by Boone. I mean, uh, I know me and you went back and forth on this, but to be honest, man, like Edwin was the guy. He was the veteran. He, you know, one series probably shouldn't have derailed his uh, postseason you know run there. Uh, in my opinion, I mean, I stick with him. You know what I mean? Like, that, that's a veteran guy. You know, you're not, you don't really know what you're going to get out of Luke Voight. But I also see what you're saying, where you know Luke Voight had the opportunity, right? But he was dealing with that, uh, what was it, rib injury? He was dealing with some injury, so it could have been. I, mean,
1: I understand where you're coming from with the, the the veteran mentality from Edwin. But then again, we're five games in; he's still not producing. I think after the 3rd game I would have given Luke Voight a, cho- uh,
0: a shot. Yeah, I mean that's just a tough one, you know. And and it could have went it could have went completely the opposite way too, you know. Luke Voight could have got the shot and done the same exact thing. It's it's really tough to be put in that scenario. Uh there's a lot of what ifs there, especially on the Yankees team in general. Especially just surrounding last year, you know what I mean? There's a lot of what ifs if all of them don't get hurt in terms of playoff seeding and and things like that. So a lot of what-ifs surrounding that ball club. Yeah, and so
1: what do you think is missing from the Yankees to get that 28th title?
0: I mean, I think you touched on a lot of good points. I think consistency is really key. I think that something I, – I, situational – I, I want to see more situational awareness and, and good at-bats coming in the playoffs. I don't know if it's jitters. I don't know because it is still a young team, right? We can't really. Yeah. We we have to give these guys a lot of credit, right? Glaber, Judge, all these guys are performing. You know, to the I know they're doing their best in the playoffs, but I think what they're doing is getting ahead of themselves in these at bats, right? They're swinging at a lot of garbage pitches, and you can look. You can literally pull up any random clip of a Yankees player. In any of these playoffs from the past three or four years, I would say since 2016, take any of the young guys and you'll see them just swinging at absolutely awful pitches consistently. And, you know, the opposing pitcher doesn't even have to come to them with with their best stuff. They're they're throwing their pitches. They're not throwing the hitters' pitches. They're never in hitters' counts, right? So they're not setting themselves up for success in these playoff games. And I think that's a huge part of the game, right? So they, they need to stay patient. They need to play their game in the playoffs. And let the game come to them right so i think that you know now guys like glaber guys like aaron judge you know they've done their they've done their due time right they've done their time they've they've been there so next time hopefully this upcoming year if there is one uh hopefully they mean business right
1: yeah and speaking about aaron judge and uh being more patient in the box we both spoke on this last year how we both noticed that he's Staying more patient. He's not swinging at the junk in the dirt like he did in 2018, which we saw a lot of from Aaron Judge. Um,
0: 17, too. At,
1: yeah, 17 and 18. And then 2019 is a whole new ball player. He was very patient drew a ton of walks in 2019. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, he Didn't swing at balls in the dirt consistently like he was before.
0: Yeah. Uh, he. I want to say he cut his strikeouts in half. And that the average did dip just a little bit. But I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? I'm fine with giving up the power numbers. I know his home runs took a hit too. But I mean, coming off of what was the number? 52, 51? Whatever that, whatever that home run number was from his rookie season. I mean.
1: Oh, yeah. 50, 52 and 52, 52 in rookie season. But yeah. he also played basically the entire season. Yeah. And but then I'm fine in 2018 with. 2018 and 2019. He played 112-18, 102-19, yeah. and he only had 27 home runs.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I'm fine with taking those home runs out and being more of an average guy. And that's something that he took upon himself, right? I mean, he completely turned around his approach to the plate, and that's something that a leader does. That's a captain right there. You know, that's that's a very – that's that's just amazing. So I, I think we're going to see nothing but growth from Aaron Judge in, in that role of of being more patient, being a leader, and things like that. So
1: Yeah, and then – Stan's another guy who needs to be more patient in the box. Uh, I feel like every time he gets in the box, he's swinging for the fences. Um, and you yeah. can't have that. We just need consistent hitters who can get on base. So the player behind them in the box can get them in the score run. Yeah, there,
0: there's, there's a lot of um, guys that can clear the bases, but we don't have the table setters is what we like to call them, right? We don't have the guys that get on base. And even Brett Gardner, who was a table setter, kind of turned into a power hitter over the past year or so. That was pretty interesting, but Stanton is is a whole other topic. He is a big question mark for me. I couldn't even tell you where I would project any of his numbers, but all I do know is that the strikeouts need to come down. And again, I don't believe that injuries. his yeah, <laughs> I I don't believe that his home run numbers would dictate how well he would do in New York. I think average above all for right now.
1: Yeah, and what's worrying about what's worrying to me about Stanton is. He's kind of looking like a Jacoby Ellsbury. I don't want to say it, but he's kind of leaning towards that uh, that Ellsbury when he came over to New York with a big contract. Yeah. And barely – I don't even know how many games Ellsbury played for us. It feels like he never even played.
0: Yeah. I know he did,
1: but it feels like he never played.
0: Yeah. And, I mean, I I remember shooting you that text, too, that uh, – You know, right when I started seeing Stanton get hurt, and then he played literally one game in the playoffs, came back, and then he got hurt again when he was sliding into third base. So I remember sending you that text that said something like, Stanton, the new Ellsbury question mark. I mean, yeah. I mean, that projection right now stands pretty strong. He hasn't produced anything. He hasn't shown us why we're paying him this money. He hasn't shown that he could even handle New York, right? But we'll see. It's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. You know, a lot. There's there's plenty of years left in the contract. There's plenty of time. Right. It's not like we we didn't necessarily need him to, to make the playoffs. Right. It was a situation where at least other players were injured or other players were down. Right. So if the team can collectively rally, I think he'll follow suit. But don't forget, Jeter was booed. Okay, never forget that. Derek Jeter was booed off the field in New York in his career. Okay, and then well, Stan, he came back.
1: Stan was booed too, and he uh. You're you're was absolutely right. Strikeout slump.
0: You're absolutely right, but so was Jeter, and he came back to win the affection and the love of every Yankee fan, every baseball fan, and become arguably one of the greatest shortstops of all time. So, as much as Stanton has annoyed me and made me throw my you know whatever has been in my vicinity while watching all these Yankee games, I think he still is the Stanton that we know. He's still the same Stanton that he was in Miami.
1: Yeah, no, I think he has a lot of potential still. I mean, it's only been, I would say, one year. I mean, he played in 2019 for 18 games. I wouldn't consider that a year. So I would say one year, 2018, when he played 158 games. Um, So I'm looking at 2020 as kind of year two for Stanton, even though it's technically been three. Um, But I still think there's a lot of potential left in him to perform in pinstripes and kind of be that guy in in the, in the Bronx.
0: Yeah. I mean, a healthy stand and there's no telling what
1: those Bronx bombers can do
0: uh, in full swing. But with that being said, Justin, um, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Do you have anything else for us?
1: No, I think that was a good discussion to talk about, uh, especially with Gary Sanchez on the first uh, episode. Um, Just be, uh, stay tuned for more. We have a, Bunch of different topics to talk about coming up here in future episodes. So, yeah,
0: Gary Sanchez, hot topic. You know, I know a lot. It's it's very highly debated. We'll probably Boston. talk
1: more about Gary Sanchez. Yeah. Uh, coming along yeah. here. So the year hasn't been year hasn't gotten started yet.
0: So. Yeah, Gary Sanchez is widely talked about between Justin and myself. Uh, with that being said, do follow our social media accounts. Me and Justin are very active. Feel free to DM us, add us, whatever you want. Anything you want to talk about, anything that you have strong opinions on, you know, feel free to reach out to us. You know, we're we're very interactive. and We would love to hear from you. Our Instagram is at ahead in the count, and our Twitter is just ahead in count. So we couldn't get the ahead the count handle. So the Twitter is just at ahead in count. Um, yeah, and if you guys ever
1: have uh, any topics you want us to go over or talk about. Um, Shoot us a DM, let us know, and we can go over those topics for you guys.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're excited to do it. And I know this, you know, we're, we're baseball and Yankee news, but I think this first one, we just had so much to cover about uh, the Yankees and we just got really excited about our team. Uh, but, you know, we can promise you going forward, it will be both the Yankees and the MLB. But uh, with that being said, we're going to wrap up the first episode. It's in the books. Uh, we're really excited and uh, we look forward to seeing you in episode two.